Thank you, Miss Melanie. Thank you for all the wonderful music this morning. Take your Bibles, if you will, to the book of 1 Thessalonians, chapter number 5. The book of 1 Thessalonians, chapter number 5. Um, if you've been uh, tuned in this morning to the music, you see that um, it has a flavor of thanksgiving and praise uh, for all that uh, God has done in our lives. Today is November the 1st, and uh, we are embarking now on a, uh, a, a holiday season of thanksgiving and Christmas and all the wonderful things that those holidays come and bring together and uh, we're excited about what God is doing. We're excited about uh, uh, the new series of messages that we're going to be preaching through this month uh, about Thanksgiving and celebrating God's goodness. Next week uh, is going to be one of the most powerful uh, uh, services uh, that you've probably ever seen. And, and it's not just because I, it has nothing to do with me. It has to do with the way that we're going to be honoring our veterans and all of the things that we have planned for that day. And if you're a veteran here, I want you to know that I, I, I'm, I'm just so excited about looking forward to that service because I know that you're going to be blessed and you're going to be very honored by the things that are going to be happening. And uh, you'll want to be here for that. It's, we're going to start right at 1030. And so please be in your place and on time because you don't want to miss it. Um, it's just going to be a wonderful service. And the following week um, is our Thanksgiving feast service. And uh, we're going to do something different that uh, I've never done before. And uh, you say, Pastor, you say that a lot. You know, we're kind of in this thing together, right? Um, but uh, that Sunday, uh, you're going to hear from people within our church. Um, and people that you would probably not ever think would get up on this stage. And uh, they're going to share with you uh, about what God is doing in their life. And uh, you can sit down, and if you made a list of names of people who you thought it would be, I'd probably guess that most of them you would not get correct. Because they, they are people within our church. Um, they, they're, I call them the non-spotlight people. And uh, these are people that, that uh, maybe not, be, not, maybe not are, 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 are front and center people. They're the backstage people. The people that, that God is using in, in a backstage uh, kind of way. But God is doing amazing things in their lives. And I'm excited that on that Sunday they're going to be sharing with you. There's going to be many of them sharing with you about what God's doing in their life, and uh, it's just going to be a wonderful month of uh, November, and, and you're going to want to be here for every service. But today, I want to share with you just for a few minutes, and as you know, we have communion today, um, but I want to share with you for a few minutes about the idea of what uh, Melanie just sang about. Uh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for everything that you've done in our lives. I'm telling you today, uh, uh, ladies and gentlemen, that we have so much to be thankful for. The, the blessings are abundant around us. Uh, we have so many things that, that we take for granted and, and uh, God just continues to supply and God continues to give and, and it's almost like we've come to the place where we expect them. And can I tell you this morning that we have so much to be thankful for that God is doing in our lives and the problem is, is that we tend to have a focus on the things that are going wrong. And this morning and this month, I want us to turn that focus no longer on the things that may be negatively, uh, negatively affecting your life, but the things that are positively affecting your life and, and allow God to turn the negative into a positive and allow him to take the things that you're struggling with and turn them and focus on him. And so this morning is the beginning of that thought, just turning our minds to the idea of saying thank you. I believe with all my heart, and please Please just listen to the, this whole statement. I believe with all my heart 
the two greatest words that are missing in American language today are the words thank you. You know, I, we, somebody opens the door for you and it's almost like it's, it's something that they should do. Are you listening to me? And instead of, and when somebody opens the door, that's a gesture of kindness. We should say, thank you. When somebody does something for us, no matter how big or how small it might be, it should be thank you. I believe with all my heart that, that we are losing a generation and our children because we're not teaching them to be thankful. We're, we're teaching them that it's just given to them. Listen, I don't know about you, but, but when I sit down for a meal or when I, when I think about all that the God has provided, I want to be a person that never forgets those two words of thank you. And so today I want to turn our thoughts to that idea of just giving thanks. I love this and I wanted to share it with you um, about uh, the very, uh, it's not the very first Thanksgiving, it's about three years in with the pilgrims, but there was a decree that was given and I want to read it to you. It says, to all you pilgrims, and I, I think this is so applicable to us today, and so I want you to really get it. And as much as the great father has given us this year an abundant harvest of Indian corn, wheat, peas, beans, squashes, and garden vegetable, and has made the forest to abound with game, and the sea with fish and clams. And as much as he has protected us from the ravages of the savages, even Rhymer, has spared us from pestilence and disease, has granted us freedom to worship God according to the dictates of our own conscience. Then he says this, now I, your magistrate, this is, the, this is William Bradford speaking. Now I, your magistrate, do proclaim that all ye pilgrims with your wives and your little ones do gather at ye meeting house on ye hill between the hours of 9 and 12 in the day time on Thursday, November 29th and the year of our Lord, 1623, 1623, and the third year since ye pilgrims landed on Pilgrim Rock there to listen to your pastor... So we'll start there this morning, all right? No, I'm kidding. To, to listen to your pastor and render thanksgiving to who? To Almighty God. And then he says this, for, what's the next word? All his blessings. This is William Bradford, the governor of the colony. What a great proclamation that as a family that we gather together and we give thanks to God. For all that he's done. Would you stand with me this morning if you have your Bibles? Just one verse today. 1 Thessalonians chapter number 5. Very familiar passage of scripture. 1 Thessalonians chapter number 5. And verse number 18. The Bible says this. In some things give thanks. Does your Bible say that? No, my Bible doesn't either. In what? Everything give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning who? You. Do you see that? In everything give thanks. For why? For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. You say, Pastor, I don't have anything to give thanks, thanksgiving for today. Can I tell you that you have something in your life because the Bible says in everything give thanks. And many people have asked me, Pastor, I want to know the will of God for my life. He spells it out for us here. In everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning 
you. Our Father in heaven, I pray that you'll bless the reading of your word. Lord, I pray that you'll bless the few moments that we have together. Lord, I pray that you'll help me as I struggle with my voice today to be able to relay the things that you put on my heart to share with our church today. And uh, God, that you would bless us in everything that we say and do. We love you, but most of all, we thank you for loving us. For it's in your precious and holy son's name we pray. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. If you're in the habit of taking notes on the back of your bulletin that you received when you came in this morning, there's an outline if you so desire to take notes. First of all, the foundation for gratitude. The foundation for gratitude. In everything that we do, there has to be a foundation. We have to lay a strong foundation. So why is it? What is the foundation of our thankfulness? What is the foundation of our gratitude? Someone once said this, those blessings are sweetest that are one with prayer and worn with thanks. They're, they're, they're one with prayer, and then they're worn with thanks. Can I tell you this morning that when God answers our prayer, we should thank him for it. When God answers our prayer, not only should we thank him for it, but we should testify of it to other people. We, we always want to say, say uh, pray for this and pray for that. I love when somebody says, hey, pastor, I got to praise. I'm thankful for what God has done in my life. So the sweetest things that are one with prayer and are worn with thanks. First of all, our foundation of gratitude is our salvation. It's our salvation. Can I tell you this morning that if you're under the preaching of my voice this morning, if you are here and you know Jesus Christ is your personal Savior, you have something to be thankful for. As a matter of fact, you have everything to be thankful for. You have everything to be thankful for because God saw fit and as, as he, as he uh, convicted your heart and convicted your life to show you that you had a need of a savior and he opened up your eyes so that you could see that and then you in return accepted that salvation. And what is that salvation? <clears throat> Pardon me, that salvation is hope. And it's not only temporal hope, it's eternal hope. It's, it's everything that we base our life upon. It is an eternal hope in Jesus Christ that when, not, when I take my last breath here on earth, I'm meeting my Savior with my next breath because my salvation is now complete. Listen, that is something to be thankful for. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 9 and verse number 15, thanks be unto God for his, what's the next word? Unspeakable gift. You say, Pastor, what does that verse mean? Let me give you an example. Have you ever at Christmas time, you know that your husband or your wife or your child or your mother or your father, they've wanted something for a long time and you've been listening. You ever been there? My mom, I'll give you a personal example. My mom, all my life growing up, she wanted one thing. She wanted a mother's ring. What a mother's ring. With all the stones in it. You know what I'm talking about? I heard her say it for many, many years. Well, a couple years ago, I texted my brother and my sister, and I said, hey, listen, you remember mom, she always wanted that mother's ring. And they said, yeah. And I said, what do you think about us all chipping in and getting that mother's ring? And they said, that's a great idea. So I, then I started getting out the trickery. I called my mom. Hey, mom, what do you want for your birthday? I think it was Mother's Day. What do you want for your Mother's Day? And she began to give me a list of a book or a blanket or you know how moms are. Just send a card. <laughs> you know what they really mean, right? <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, just so, 
we were like, okay, and, and, and my brother's sister called her, what do you want, what do you want? And we would text back and forth and we'd laugh about her, things that she'd say she wanted. So I went and I started picking out the stones and getting it all set and everything. And uh, we, we did a little uh, get together. And, and so there she sits and we're like, well, we're, we're going to do present time now, mom. And she's like, okay. She's like, you guys should not have bought me a present. <laughs> Presents are not necessary. Just, a, just you being here. I'm like, yeah, wait till you open that thing. <laughs> so I pull the box out. You know, they're small boxes. You see a little glimmer in her eye. So I hand her the box, and I said, Mom, we just want you to know that we love you. And, uh, you know, if, if you don't like it, we can take it back. It's okay. She opens it up. We're all sitting there. You know how bad it is when you want them to get it open, you know? Sitting there, and she opens it up. Now, my mom's going to listen to this message, so I have to be very careful what I say here. My mom, she can speak very well. And she likes to speak. There's never been a time in my life where my mom was speechless. Are you following me now? She opened that box, and I'll never forget it. She sat there, staring at it. And then I watched as the tears began to roll down her face. I said, Mom, are you going to pick it up? She pulls it out. She puts it on. We have a video of this. She can't say anything. Nothing. Can I tell you this morning, that's exactly what salvation is. That moment when you accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, and you realize now that you are his and and he is yours, It is literally an unspeakable moment. It is an amazing moment. It is a life-changing moment. We all went our separate ways. Sunday morning came around. My mom's heading to church. I get a text on my phone. It's a picture. Do you know what it's a picture of? She's showing off her jewelry to everybody. The same way it should be with our salvation. Are you with me? It's not something that we keep inside of us. It's something that we're so excited about that we spread to many people. Psalm chapter 95 says, Oh, come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving and make a joyful noise unto him with psalms. For the Lord is a great God. He's a great God, and he's a great king above all gods. Listen to me this morning. We are the only people that serve a living, uh, breathing God, and we have a reason to be thankful for that today. Listen, we got to rejoice because of our salvation. According to these verses, we are encouraged to sing in order to overcome. We are to cry out, and we are to shout for joy. A.W. Tozer says it this way, Perhaps it takes a pure faith to praise God for unrealized blessings. <clears throat> Sorry, than for those we once enjoyed or those we enjoy now. Perhaps it's take a pure faith to praise God for unrealized blessings than for those we once enjoyed or those that we enjoy now. Not only his salvation, but secondly of all, his security. His security. Listen this morning. Once I'm saved, I'm always saved. I'm secure in Jesus Christ. 
2 Timothy chapter number 1 says, For which cause I offer suffer these things. Nevertheless, I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed, and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. I'm secure in my salvation. I'm secure in the Lord Jesus Christ. Not only that, not only my salvation and my security, but his steadfastness. His steadfastness, that he's always there. He's always helping. He's always working. Uh, Lamentations says it this way. Uh, Jeremiah, he, he, he writes a, a beautiful passage in Lamentations, and he says this. It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed, because his compassions fail not. Listen to this. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness. Listen to me this morning. If you have Jesus Christ, you have an eternal security, and you have a God who will never leave you nor forsake you. He is a faithful God. He's with you at all times. Number two, and I'm going to be quick. What should be our focus? We have our foundation. So what should be our focus? The focus of gratitude. The focus of our gratitude. First of all, we're to be grateful for the Lord. Our focus is to be on him. Listen, we have to stop living under the circumstances. Are you with me? We got to stop living under the circumstances and live above them. How do I live above them? Because my focus is on him instead of on my circumstances and my situations. Listen, God never intended, God never intended for our Christian life to be like a roller coaster. God intended for our Christian life to be completely focused on him. And if it's completely focused on him, it will remain level and steady because we know that he has everything that we need. I love what the Bible says. It says that we are more than conquerors to them who love the Lord. We are more than conquerors. Listen, uh, uh, God has got this thing. Whatever you're going through, God has got it. And we just need to focus on him. Grateful for the Lord. I love what Psalm 100 says. It says, enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts be praised. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. Why? Why should we do all that? For the Lord is good. Are you ready? This, this could have been a sermon right here. I love when the Lord outlines it for us. For the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting. And look what he says. And his truth endureth to all generations. My focus has to be on the fact that the Lord is good. You say, Pastor, I know the Lord is good. Well, if you know that, then know that his mercy is everlasting. His mercy is everlasting. He, he understands where you're at. He, he walked this earth for 33 and a half years. He understands what you're going through. His mercy is everlasting. And then most importantly of all, his truth endureth for all generations. Listen to me this morning, church. His truth endures for all generations. The, the Bible says that he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. I change not, he says. His truth endureth. To all generations. What was good for my mom and dad and my grandma, my grandpa, my great-grandma, my great-grandpa, all the way back through the years is still good today. That's the truth that endures all generations. Theodore Roosevelt said this in 1901. Let us remember that as much has been given us, much will be expected from us. And that true homage comes from the heart 
as well as from the lips and shows itself in deeds. Listen to me this morning. We have been given much, right? We've been given much. And because we've been given much, there is much there to be expected of us. That's why we don't need to be concerned when the Bible tells us, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. When we say that we need to tell people about the goodness of God and the truth of God, we should not be, we should not be afraid of that because God has given us eternal hope. The Lord is good, the Bible says in Nahum 1-7, a stronghold in the day of trouble, and he knoweth them that trust in him. Let her be grateful for the Lord's provisions. Grateful for the Lord's provisions. God always provides. Listen to me, church, this morning, because I really want you to understand this. God always provides for our needs. Are you with me? God always provides for our needs. Now, I'll be honest with you. I have a lot of wants. Do you guys have a lot of wants? This is the time of the year when all the commercials start on TV, and I'm like, I want that. I want that. And I think my kids have picked up on it. Hey, Daddy, I want that. You know? And uh, there's a lot of wants. But you know what the truth is? Is that God has promised that he's going to provide for my needs. If I have a true need today, no matter what that need is, all I've got to do is call on the Father. And he will provide that need. You say, Pastor, can you prove that? I'm glad you asked. I have three boys, you know that. <clears throat> and uh, I love my sons just as much as any father would love their sons or should love their sons, should I say it that way? If one of my sons came to me and they said, Dad, I need, and I knew it was a true need, do you know I'm gonna do everything in my power to provide that need? I'm gonna do everything I can. If I got to make a phone call, make a phone call. If I got to go run an errand, I'm going to go run an errand. If I got to go work a little bit, I'm going to go work a little bit. If I got to do this, if I got to save, if I got to sacrifice, whatever the case might be, if my children have a need, I'm going to do everything I can to provide for that. And listen, that's a flesh relationship between a son and a father. Can you imagine how much more the relationship is between the heavenly father and his spiritual son that says, God, I need something today. I'm in desperate need of your help. And it may not even be a physical thing. It could be an emotional thing. It, it could be a spiritual issue. But God, I'm in need of that. I promise you today if that if you have a need, God will provide. We just got to trust him. We would worry, worry, uh, Harry Ironside said this, we would worry less if we praised more. Thanksgiving is the enemy of discontent and dissatisfaction. Boy, I think that's true. Thanksgiving is the enemy of discontent and dissatisfaction. We would worry less if we would just praise him more. There's a lot of good songs that you hear that from the past, from the present, that talk about just praising the Lord through everything in our circumstances. Listen, I promise you, if we begin to praise him for the good, the things that are less fortunate will begin to cease and go away in our minds. Today, we are going to take communion. I'm not ready for that yet, but these verses kind of sum up that whole idea 
of giving thanks in time of need. The Bible says that when he had given thanks, he broke it, talking about the bread. And said, take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. Jesus knew he was on the way to the cross. And then he says in verse 25, after the same manner also he took the cup when he had supped, saying, this cup is the New Testament of my blood. This do as often as you drink it, why? In remembrance of me. Remembering what God has done for you. See, and I'm, I promise I'm close to being done. Grateful to the Lord's people. Grateful to the Lord's people. Our focus of gratitude should be grateful for God's people. Ephesians chapter 1 says, Wherefore I also, after I heard you of your faith in the Lord Jesus and love unto all saints, cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. Listen, fellowship is a wonderful thing. Last night I walked all over this campus and I'd get to pockets of, of, of our church people that were around, more people. And I would just, the, the thing that I loved last night more than anything, I, I'm just going to tell on myself, all right? Because I went looking for this. I'd walk around and I'd hear somebody laughing. And my antenna would go up. And I'd look over and there would be one of our members or a couple of our members in the midst of a huge crowd of people. And they were getting them all to laugh. They were probably telling them jokes about me. They were getting them all to laugh. I remember as I was standing up by the, where the uh, food was last night, and there was just, I mean, the people were just packed in there all night long. This lady turned around, and she looked at me, and she said, you're the pastor of this church. And I said, yes, ma'am, I am. And this is what she said to me. I'll, I'll never forget this. She probably in her mid-20s, maybe, maybe late-20s. She looked at me, and she said this. She said, I have two boys here. And I said, well, I'm so glad that you brought your sons. And she showed them to me. They were like matching Ironman. And she turned to me and she said, she said, Pastor, I've never had more fun in my whole entire life. She said, we go to these cars and the people are smiling, acting like they're having fun. I said, we are having fun. She said, I come over here and the people are going crazy. She said, and I get in line to get my food, and everybody there that's serving us has got a smile on their face, and they're enjoying what they're doing. I said, yeah, they are. She said, this seems like a happy place. I turned to her, and I said this. I said, ma'am, I said, you know why this is a happy place? I said, because we have Jesus Christ. I said, and if you have Jesus Christ, you can be happy too. And if you don't, we can get you happy real fast. <laughs> Happiness just glows. Listen, cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. Listen, church, you should be praying for one another. You should be caring for one another. Bear one another's burdens, the Bible says. We are a team. There's no I in team. We're just a team making it happen. For the glory of God. Someone once said, gratitude is a quality similar to electricity. It must be produced and discharged and used up in order to exist at all. How true that is. Number three, the fruit of gratitude, and I'm done. The fruit of gratitude. What's the fruit of it? John, or excuse me, Joni Erickson taught a quadriplegic wrote, giving thanks. Are you ready for this? A quadriplegic. Giving thanks is not a matter of feeling thankful. 
It is a matter of what? (laughs) I don't feel like it. You ever felt that way? I don't feel like being happy today. I don't feel like uh, uh, whatever. I don't, I don't, listen, giving thanks is not a matter of a feeling. It is a matter of being engaged in obedience. First of all, what are we to be obedient to? First of all, our praise. And, and this is just kind of a, a reaffirmation of what we talked about. Our praise by him, Hebrews chapter 13 says, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God. How? Continually. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. Not only that, forgiveness. Our forgiveness is the reason that we should praise. To whom you forgive anything, I forgive also. For if I forgive anything to whom I forgave it, for your sakes forgive I it in the person of, of Christ. You say, Pastor, that's a confusing verse. Let's look at verse 11. Why should we do that? Why should we forgive? Why should we be thankful for our forgiveness? Lest the enemy should get an advantage of us. For we are not ignorant of his devices. Listen to me this morning. If I'm bragging on God, I'm praising on God, I'm excited about what God's doing in my life, the enemy does not want to hear about it. He doesn't. You should go on the study of Job. In the midst of everything, Job lost everything. His even, even his beautiful wife said, curse God, tell, just curse God and die, Job. Get it over with. Job said no. No, no, no. I'm going to stand strong and I'm going to praise him in the storm. (laughs) You say, Pastor, what happened to Job? Well, get to the end of Job and you're going to find out that his barns were plentiful. He had more than he could ever desire or want. Why? Because he remained faithful. I believe Job, and, 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 and please don't take this the wrong way, but I believe Job at the end of his life is the perfect example of heaven. Job did not live for today. Job lived for tomorrow. Job said, in the midst of everything that I'm doing in my life, even if it all crumbles around me, I'm still going to praise God. And because he remained faithful, what did God do at the end of his life? He restored him fourfold. Many of you are sitting here today and and, and you've heard the idea of a prosperity gospel. And if you give, God's going to bless you. And they, they base that on Job. I don't believe that's true. I believe that God supplies our need and that we should not be living for today. We should be living for tomorrow. Because I promise you, if we are faithful now, he will bless us tomorrow. Lest Satan should get an advantage of us. Let us see faithfulness. Our faithfulness. The fruit of gratitude is faithfulness. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians, Now thanks be unto God, which always causeth us to triumph in Christ, and maketh manifest in the Savior of his knowledge by us in every place. To ask you this question today. Are you focused on giving thanks? Are you focused on giving thanks even in the most difficult circumstances? You say, Pastor, you don't know where I'm at. You don't know what I'm going through. You're, you might be right about that. I don't have to know. Because I know there's one person that does know. <laughs> 
and that's God. You say, Pastor, but I don't think he understands. Can I tell you, he understands. You say, Pastor, I don't think God's listening to me. I don't think he, I don't think, I think maybe he's forgotten who I am or where I'm at. God hasn't forgotten. What we have to do is we have to change our attitude into not that I'm going to focus on the things that are negative in my life, but I'm going to turn my focus and put it completely and 100% on my Savior. And when I do that, everything will come into perspective for me because now it will no longer be about me it will all be about him. And you know what the Bible says about that? If I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. Many times we use that verse as a reaching verse, meaning that if we lift him up, people will gravitate to it. I'm gonna change the thought process for a moment. If I be lifted up, I will draw all men to me, meaning that Jesus Christ will draw you close. To him. Last night, my youngest son, Mataniah, many of you saw him as he did his all over the place and bounce houses and all that kind of stuff. And I was standing there and I had a megaphone in my hand and I was talking to someone. And you know how many people were here last night. But all of a sudden, I heard something. And it was a cry that I recognized. And I stopped immediately, and I turned. And there was all of these people around, and my Matt and I was on the ground, self-inflicted. <laughs> but he was on the ground. And I said, excuse me for a moment, and I walked over. And, I, and, and, and if you have children, you understand this. He said there, he's crying, but he's not really crying. He just wants to make sure you know he's hurt. And I walked over to him and I grabbed him and I picked him up and I said, what hurts? And he took his little costume and he pulled up his little leg and he said, right here, dad, right here. And I looked at it and I gave him a little kiss and I said, are you gonna be okay? He said, if I can get back in the bounce house. <laughs> can I tell you though, that's the same way God is. He recognizes your cry. He understands exactly where you're at. All you have to do is cry out to him and say, God, here I am. And in the midst of what is going on, I give you would you bow your heads and close your eyes with me this morning? Thank you for listening so well.